You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Discovery Multifamily Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Scandariato, here with Red Knight Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us, Victor Bell. And Victor has transacted over $60 million in real estate uh, in, in seven states, including Hawaii. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, Arizona, Texas, North Carolina, Las Vegas, Ohio, and Michigan. Um, so he's got, you know, a lot of transactional experience. Uh, he's the author of one of Amazon's number one bestsellers. It's called How to Create Wealth Through Investing in Apartment Buildings. And uh, he's been doing this a while. He's, uh, I think, he be- I believe you have a fund set up, right, Victor? I do. We have a fund. Yeah. So I, I love to get into the conversation of how funds, when you're looking to acquire commercial property, are different than deal by deal. And mm-hmm. sort of some of the opportunities you're seeing, whether your fund is is an open-ended fund or is it, you know, with discretionary capital, non-discretionary, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how your fund is structured. Um, We're recording this in the first quarter of 2023. So we were just talking beforehand on what opportunities he's seen. There's a lot of volatility in the market. So uh, yeah, we'd love to hear your perspective and and what kind of funds, uh, how many funds do you have? And, um, you know, what are you looking to do with the next fund uh, you're setting up? Absolutely. So, um, I, you know, again, I got started just like everyone else. I was kind of buying properties. I learned, you know, the sh- short skinny on myself, uh, got out of the military, you know, dropped out of the college, the free college and uh, had got in trouble, had to get a job and got, you know, realized, okay, everyone at that job hated their job. People who had been there for 10 years hated it. I was new as well as a few other people hated, you know, were new and they hated it too. So um, that first year I did about a million two in real estate deals, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I kind of stumbled my way into it through really necessity. So, you know, this brings me to the point of the fund. So a lot of times, you know, all real estate investors, especially when you're doing it either full time or it's kind of your side gig and you're putting your toe in the water, you're kind of like find the deal, find the money and then do the deal, make some money. Um, clean up a mess, learn what you didn't know prior to and take that money, live off a little bit of it and then score your next deal. Like, like that's a weird cycle. So about three years ago, cause we moved here from Hawaii. Uh, it's been four years now. So four years, just this past December, it is what it made for us. Um, we sold our last apartment buildings in Hawaii, in Hawaii that we had. So we were there for 17 years. I was, I bought a lot of residential and multifamily properties. Primarily multifamily is my bread and butter. Um, but it, it made me realize, like, I didn't have a money problem anymore. I had a cash flow problem. And I had made more money off of my apartment building deals than I did on single family house deals combined in five years. So it was an eye opener for me to, like, you need to stop dabbling. It's okay. You know, we're not going to turn down money, right? Because you're, you're a real estate guy. Most people listening, they do deals. So, like, you're not going to turn down a $200,000 deal um, profit. But that cycle, like, that, 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 fight and flight cycle, it goes away. So when we got here, I started taking a look at some bigger deals than I was able to look at in Hawaii. Um, if anybody knows the Hawaii market, man, it's a tight market. Uh, I was I did deals there for 17 years straight as well as other markets, but I made primarily most of my deals in Hawaii. Um, moving here, you got bigger deals. You know, It's a bigger place. It's not an island, right? And I'm in San Diego County. 
Love it. I love it here. Um, so I started realizing like, okay, in order for me to play this game and play a bigger game, because I didn't want to do the same thing I did before, like the 10, 15, 20 unit deals in Hawaii, that's it's still an expensive uh, property. But 40, 50, 60, 70 unit deals here, it wasn't one of those deals where you're just going to go to a seller or a broker and say, hey, I want your deal. And they're going to be like, yeah, I know we need some money. Hawaii too, but it was more evident here. So, you know, I went back to my investors and I was like, hey guys, here's the deals. I'm able to find the deals. They're great deals. We got some capital, but here's what's happening. And every one of them over this last few years, because I'm sure everybody's experienced it, money was flowing freely. <laughs> um, deals are easy to come by and everybody was kind of like, you know, making making a lot of money fast. I was like, I had to re-educate my investors because they're like, well, we got to get this for cheaper. And there's other deals here and we got to get this. And I was like, guys, guys, that's going to stop. Like, Real money is not flowing into some of the that that's an inflated situation. You're gonna have to look at bigger deals and you're gonna have to tighten up the screws on on that old way of doing stuff. And slowly but surely, and I'm sure everybody's experiencing it, you can see it. You're like, hey, money's you know, it's not today's rates. It was just maybe last year or so. Those bigger properties were getting snapped up by the big guys. So guys like you and I, the 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 underdog guys, there was no way we were gonna get those assets. And now the deals that we look at, you know, because I started a fund, I was like, all right, how do we do that? How do we move away from transactional beginning phases to middle ground phases where I'd already kind of succeeded there and was moving into bigger deals and having to go back and say, we need a whole new pool of investors. Somebody who's now just an investor, somebody who understands returns, somebody who wants to do deals and doesn't want to do the work, but they want to be in more stable multifamily properties in really a, a better market than just some of the submarkets that a lot of people want to look at because those deals, you know, and those, some of those, you know, I call them lower price markets and a little slower markets. Um, they're going to be harder to come by and they're going to be a lot harder to get out of when guys like myself, you know, and probably like other people who are listening are like, you know, I want to start a fund, you know, um, instead of just doing a syndication where it's the same thing as finding a deal, raising the money and then doing it all over again. Um, it, it's going to be a lot easier for somebody like myself who's like, look, I'm shifting hats. I'm taking this hunt hat off and I'm like, hey, we're going to raise capital and then we're going to deploy that capital into good properties and we're going to keep raising money and keep getting good deals. We're, we're over that hump of just trying to scratch it out. You know, the first 20 years, fine. You know, you gain some experience and it's, you know, it, 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 it's a badge of honor, you know, to go out there and fight the good fight. But at some point, the next 20, 30 years of, of anybody's investment career, you go, I didn't get in the, I didn't get into business to buy 10, 20 unit buildings. We got into business real estate to be like, man, who owns that monster across the street? How do we get that? Um, and I wanted to figure that out. So, you know, I started a fund to do that. Right. Okay. So, so the fund structure is rel relatively right now in your career new for your moving. Yeah. Forward. This, this okay. is our first fund. It's a $50 million fund. Um, it's a accredited only fund. It's a 506 C. Um, mm -hmm. That's how we structured it. You know, it's, it has the basics, the 80-20 split. I didn't want, we had our initial, you know, all the different waterfalls that people like to put into them, but they're really confusing. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if you've been in that space, you know, like I wasn't to be like, hey, we have this and we have these performance and, you know, performance fees and, and this stuff. I just want to have a good conversation with people to say, hey, look, this is the split. It's 80 to our investors is 20% to us. We had a preferred return. We actually went back and amended our fund and took that away because it was all over the place. This was when like people were worried and they were like, and I was like, hey, banks aren't giving you guys these type of securities. And I'm watching a lot of my buddies who had um, syndications who had like 
preferred returns, they were getting strangled and they were struggling with their syndications. And they were like, hey, we got to exit this deal. We're not even going to make any money. We have to get all our profits away to our investors. So as I started watching that, I was like, okay, well, that's a problem. And I think that's going to be an issue later, which is the deals that we're looking at buying. Like who's getting strangled that has no capital that we can buy a deal um, with my investors and make the deal work and still help out our syndication buddies, you know? Um, so, but it, yes, it is our first time fund. We have a bunch of money circled from our investors. And right now we just targeting the right deals. This is a great time for deals that really weren't available just last year because it didn't pencil. Right. And are, are you seeing I'm, for our company and what I'm looking at too, I'm looking for some opportunities, seeing mm-hmm. some of that, but it's not, not yet. Um, mm. what do you see? Uh, I, I'm seeing it because I'm looking at a lot bigger deals. Um, mm-hmm. So, for example, you know, there's a deal that we went after. Um, I won't go into the details of the deal because, you know, the size of deals we look at, confidentiality stuff. But it is here in San Diego. Um, mm-hmm. Great deal. When a deal hit us, we were like, wow, man, this is an awesome deal. We underwrote it. Um, guidelines on that deal were in the mid 70s, 75. Um, literally we walked the site, loved the property, you know, had some partner fly down. We were going to just take the deal down, just the two of us, not in the fund. And, um, we circled back when we sized the debt and we got, you know, got the debt quotes and all that other stuff back. They underwrote it like 65 and then it dropped again. And we were like, okay, cool. We underwrote it. We're like, Hey man, we're coming in at 58. We love the deal. And it's not about killing the deal. Nothing changed the debt. Um, the debt changed it. Um, so to your point, yeah, we are like that deal went to call for offers. It didn't trade. It's going to come back up because the seller at the time didn't have to sell. I think he has another 12 months on his debt, you know, to kind of like his 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 um, his rate cap. But um, that deal going from 75 to 58, that's the opportunity. But if you can't play that game because somebody doesn't have a fund, they don't have the dry powder, they don't have the connections with people, the brokers to be able to see those deals. Look at the delta between that. Now, somebody just gets that same deal at 58, hypothetically, right? Um, and waits it out for a couple more years because it does support there. And they just keep managing the property and doing whatever they need to do to rent. This is not a value add deal. This is a great asset. I mean, there's some light rent raises needed. Um, and as the rate comes back down from 6.7 or whatever it is now, you know, on the capital side, on the, on the debt side, back down to, let's say, four. The cash flow shoots back up, value shoots back up, it's there. But to to that point, those opportunities are coming, but we'll miss them unless you're already sitting on the other side. And I've been telling you know my guys this. I'm like, look, if you don't have a fund or investing in a fund or some form of syndication over the next three to five years, you won't be able to get a good deal. It's the little guy, you know, the underdogs who are going to be left with deals like myself that I'll be like, you know what? We passed on that deal. It's too small for us. Somebody else will get it. It'll still be a good deal, but they won't be the deal that's going to change your life. Right. <laughs> that's going to help minds and your kids graduate college later when we're gone. Um, and that that's really the phase where I'm leaning into in our business as it relates to Bell Capital is concerned. So this is the first fund, but I'm probably going to do 10, 15 funds because I'm going to continue on with this because, you know, this is what I do full time. Right. And uh, can you talk about the infrastructure for your fund? Because I know mm-hmm. there's. You know, you mentioned 506C. We don't have to get into yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all that hoopla. That's, we don't have the time for that. But um, can you talk about some of the infrastructure? Like, don't you need a fund administrator? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So you, you have all that. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. you need all that stuff. Like, this isn't like, 
you know, this isn't, this is a team sport. You know, you're going to have your investor relations team, your, um, your, uh, acquisitions team, your fund administrator, your accountants, attorneys, all the people who are going to be involved in this stuff, people who need to be doing your audits and stuff like that. If you need audits, whether you're doing it because you're doing like a, a cost type of audit or you're doing it for a white glove situation for your actual investors, as well as, you know, we have some people that we partner with to even talk to people that want to invest through their IRA as long as they're accredited. So like you have to have all those things set up and it's not inexpensive. It's not inexpensive. You know, that's always the thing, right? It's like, oh, you know, maybe I'll kind of dabble like this. You know, when you do something like this, it's a full commitment, um, which is why, you know, it keeps a lot of people out because there is a cost. You know, right. so I, I I put my own money into it, um, even not knowing, you know, I was like, all right, well, I don't really understand all that stuff, but I'm going to start the fund. Some people don't do that. They do a reverse. They go get money from investors and then do a, you know, promissory note, a convertible note and say, OK, well, when it's all said and done, we'll get this and you'll be in it then. But I wanted to do that because I knew I was going to my partners and investors and saying, hey, you know, we're going to be doing this. Do you want to be in? My money's already in. You know, I, I'm the I'm the first investor. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to shorten that because, yeah, you're right. It can go super deep. We can spend hours on that stuff. I'm talking about the structure and who needs to be involved. But all those people need to be in play. Definitely. Right. And, and you kind of talked about some of the prop, some of the archetype sellers you're going to go after in mm -hmm. order to capitalize on for this fund uh what does the risk profile look like and how long of a duration is a fund versus like you said a one-off deal with the syndication is it similar um or you know because a fund is a fund it's it either has mm -hmm. it has one um you know life basically um in terms of the length each deal on a deal by deal basis could be separate and all different um, right. And have different maturities and whatnot. So um, at least in, like you mentioned, in that sense, setting up the fund versus deal by deal is a lot less headache because, you know, OK, I have a five year fund or whatever, whatever your time is. Yeah. And that's when everybody, you know, needs their money back or whatever mm -hmm. um, than the profits, um, as opposed to, oh, I got this debt maturing on this date. And, you know, that property is maturing on that date. And we closed on it on this date and I got to sell it on this date or refinance it. So it, that's that also helps in terms of why you set up the fund. Um, yes. but does, like, does the fund have any duration on it? Yeah, it's a seven to 10 year fund. You know, and again, seven years is, is about right. And the reason I don't you know, I'm, I don't know if people know this, but typically on commercial financing, your financing is set up three, five, seven, 10, you know, and you find other ones that are, you know, some stretched out 12 to 15 years. But this fund is set up between seven to 10 years. And the reason why is because we're going after bigger deals and those deals, to your point, have to mature. So let's say we get a deal three years and we're going to be raising the rents and making sure that after raising the rents over, well, let's say, 24 months, we have 12 months worth of maturity on, on those rents, right? Stabilization. We may go back and take a look at the debt at that point, depending on the debt and how we structured it, and say, can we refinance all of our investors' capital out, give them their capital back, which is what I've done in the past, and just leave them in the deal. And we still hold that deal for seven, but they've got no more money at risk. So we de-risk our investors. So I've done that in the past. And then we just turned around later and when it was time, sold the property for double or triple what we had in it, but we had no money in it anymore. Right. Uh, now it's just a cash flow play for us. So that's the strategy for us as it relates to the timelines. And, and when we're looking at maturity per property, I personally like the fund structure better because in my head, I'm like, all right, if you have more than one property in a fund, 
you know, there's your diversification. And for me, I'm trying to find the same type of property, the same quality of property they have in one fund. So on this fund, I'll probably have two to three deals in there, but it's going to be the same caliber. I'm not going to go B property in a C minus, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to go B property and a B, B property that we can raise to a B plus. So even though, you know, to your point, we'll have that maturity of each type, we're still looking for the same type and then also the same timelines. Mm-hmm. So, right. Um, right. Because then we're looking at, you know, um, not affordable. When I say affordable, I don't mean low income, but let's mm-hmm. say rents are still affordable, 2000 2200 bucks, 2400 bucks here in California, right? Um, that's still affordable to people. And mm-hmm. if we're looking at raising rents across the board, then that's going to be the consistency of our total product, right? Whether we have two properties, five properties, 10 properties across four or five funds, and naturally they'll transition out. But that's my first plan naturally is always to do what I've always done, which is refinance, take the capital out and pay my investors back. And then they just sit in the deal, um, sure. which they all like that. Yeah. No, who, who wouldn't like it? That's, who doesn't that's like awesome. it? And they can, <laughs> can de-risk it and then hopefully yeah. use that equity. It depends upon if you're still raising money for the fund, but you can use it to fund future, future yeah. deals yeah. in that fund. Right. Um, which is that's awesome. if they want to, if they want to keep going, which they do. Um, and if not, you know, it's okay. Like they are still in a deal, like it creates assets. For, it's a win for them and also a win for us. You know, because again, we're building something long term for people so they can generate wealth, create mm-hmm. wealth, as opposed to just like oh, I'm having a one off deal. Um, so so that's the difference. And it's a structure that we wanted to take that made sense for people because we can understand that. Awesome. Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. Um, I know we're short for time, so really appreciated the conversation. How can my audience find you? Sure. You know what? Honestly, um, you can go to bell-capital.com. That's our website. You can schedule a call there or you can invest. You can take a look at the fund, the doctor, if you're accredited, you can see, you know, the structure. Um, you can also go to bell-capital.com slash book, uh, get a copy of my book. It's a, uh, good, not too much glare. Good. <laughs> um, you can get a copy of the book, the digital copy costs you nothing. Um, just download that. Love to have you take a look at it. I did that because, you know, people have questions, the terms, what they're looking at, how I think, why I'm looking at stuff. Or they may want to do it themselves. Um, right. You know, it's some information I wish I had. Um, or you can Google me, you know, <laughs> Google Victor Bell Real Estate or Victor Bell Bell Capital. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of those ways. Um, you know, and again, I do enjoy helping people. I love talking to people. Uh, I, I started off calling someone and asking someone to help me because I didn't ultimately know what I was doing. And they put me on the right path. As a matter of fact, one of them is my business partners inside of Bell Capital right now. She's my investor relations manager, as well as she does some of our accounting, um, Jamie. So, you know, but when you say reach out, I mean, I really mean it. You know, I definitely want to help people. So please reach out. If you want to invest with us, you know, let's talk. Let's find out what you're looking to do and find out if it's a fit for both of us, because we'd love to have you apart and be a partner with what we're doing. Awesome. Well, Victor Bell with Bell Capital, thanks so much for coming on our show. I will have a link to Victor's website as well as the social media platforms in our social media and on iTunes. And if you liked what you heard and or saw today, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. It would help Victor and myself get our message out to a bigger audience. It's just the way the algorithm works. So we really appreciate that. And uh, thanks again so much for coming on, Victor. It was very, very useful. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I definitely want to help get everybody to take a look at the podcast. I love your episodes. I love what you're doing. So any way I can help out, let me know. I really appreciate being here. Thanks, Victor.